up, everyone? Welcome to Mother Hackers, where we hack the tech industry for women. Meet your host, Anisa Brown and Michaela Plateau. Yes. So we're really, really excited to start this, but obviously we need to tell you why we're doing this. So Anisa, let's talk about like, what are we trying to accomplish with this podcast? Yeah, I think we're, we have gone through quite a bit of diversity and inclusivity issues throughout our career and we want to bring the best of the best to the table to talk about how they got over it how they remove barriers and start setting the example yeah we want to bring in women like us to talk to talk about topics that affect women like us like women who are mothers and leaders women who are military spouses women who are changing the way we do business and women who just want to break into this career field altogether. So let's get started and meet the mother hackers. Anisa, you go first. So <laughs> yeah, I, I went to school for electrical engineering and an emphasis in computer science. I ended up uh, working at Raytheon and learned pretty quickly that I work a lot. I like to really make change if I'm not making change then what am I doing? So I ended up moving to Hill Air Force Base where my career is going, and I was very thankful. Um, at Hill Air Force Base, I really had the opportunity to uh, drive innovation and collaboration. And then... I guess that's where you met me. Okay, wait, I'll do it, I'll do it. <laughs> drive innovation and collaboration, and that is where I met Michaela. I'm going to leave that part in here because you just grabbed my hand, and it was pretty cute. Oh! <laughs> We're married, by the way. We're both married. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do not to each other. <laughs> do not to each other. Might seem like that sometimes. No, we are the Ricky Bobby and Cal Mountain Jr. We are the peanut butter and jelly. We are. Mac and cheese. We are. <laughs> yes. Um, so I'll get started with me. I went to high school at Ramstein American High School, which was in Germany. So kind of setting the stage for me being involved with the Department of Defense because I had grown up around the Department of Defense and my dad was active duty. So that's where a lot of this passion comes from. After that, I went to Boise State and I was studying human resources, having a lot of fun there. And of course, my dad retires from the Air Force and says, hey, Michaela, come down to Utah and do an internship with Hill Air Force Base. And I was like, uh... <laughs> I don't know, Dad. That sounds kind of boring. Like, no offense, government work. I, I would like. I wanted to work for Google or Apple or somewhere like cool and sexy. I didn't want to work for the government, but like looking back, it made a lot of sense with that passion for the military and the Air Force. And so I said, okay, screw it. I'll I'll do an internship at Hill Air Force Base. So that took me through essentially every single facet of HR. I got to see the process as a whole, and that also created a lot of frustration for me because I saw a lot of places where things could change and things could be a lot better. And I think anyone who's applied for a government job would say the same thing because you know it sucks. <laughs> um, so at that point, I was kind of like spinning my wheels trying to figure out where I could be innovative. And one of my old coworkers came to me and was like, hey, Michaela, I know that your dog is Instagram famous because <laughs> at the time he was, and that was a whole little side side mission I was doing was, Oh, I'm going to make my dog Instagram famous. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, 
so that means you know a lot about social media. And I was like, eh, kind of, yeah. And he was like, okay, well, you know also a lot about government HR. I want you to take those two things and put them together because we need something like that on Miss Anisa Brown's team, the Office of Corporate Transformation. I saw my opportunity to be innovative finance. I took it. But with that, you know, when people heard I was going to go work for Anisa, they were, they told me not to. <laughs> they told me, Anisa is aggressive. She's a bitch. And I thought, yeah, you know what? Like, I, I, I think I'm going to make that determination for myself because guess what? That's what people call me behind my back. People call me aggressive. People call me a bitch. So I asked myself, like, is Anisa really a bitch or is she just a strong woman making a name for herself in this industry? Is she really just shaking the cage and pushing the boundaries of this bureaucracy? I don't know. That's kind of what I thought it was. And that is what interested me in joining Anisa's team. So let's talk about some of our initiatives on the corporate transformation team, because I feel like that's what really, I mean, I know we both were always trying to be innovative, but I think us meeting on the corporate transformation team and really starting to push the boundaries is really what pushed this way further than it already was. Absolutely. So a lot of the initiatives ended up being taking some things that were not working well in BRD and trying to build out more efficient ways of doing business. The first was the DHA website, which was the Direct Hire Authority website, um, removed the barrier of having to go through USA Jobs to ensure that we were hiring people quickly, to remove the barriers of waiting forever to even get an email back as to whether or not you got a job or you're going to get an interview. So we took on that. We built out a website. It was uh, pretty big deal in the Air Force Sustainment Center. Yeah. Yeah. It was exciting. It was. It was. And it was finally like, I think it made the other facets of the Air Force that were supposed to be doing this be like, oh shit, we're not doing our jobs effectively. So people are going out there and creating their own things, which is not the optimal way of it being done. And when you can't innovate, what, what are you going to do? You're going to create your own solution because you want to solve what you're dealing with at the moment. So my big initiative paired really well with that because I was very passionate about transforming recruitment and retention. Um, and as we got to go out and meet all of these industry leaders, going to industry, identifying best practices yes. was huge. We, we didn't just build something from the ground up with no acknowledgement of what was working well in industry. We went out and we met with Qualtrics. We met with uh, CHG Healthcare. I mean, we went and found the best of the best to build off of. Yeah. And your social media was huge. And, and that is what they continued to tell me, all these industry leaders, was that social media is a huge part of recruitment and retention. But then I would go back and tell this to leaders, and they would kind of be like, well, and I want to clarify, I feel like senior, senior leaders were really on board with it but the frozen middle managers were the ones that were not on board with it. And that's kind of where it gets stuck before it, you know, moves up. Um, There's just a lot of really huge problems in the recruitment that needed to be addressed. And there was a large number of employees who were retirement age or almost being able to retire with no one coming behind them to fill the slots. And that is something that I still see on LinkedIn to this day 
is people saying, holy crap, we have a huge workforce issue and we need to hire more people. How do we get out to those people? But besides that, I could talk about this all day, but I kind of want to move forward to talk about I do want to jump in. Okay, jump in. And I, I feel like you're not doing yourself justice. I'm like, you took a archaic way of doing business and you've innovated it to the point where you can show data correlating to how many posts you were making to how many people were being hired. And I just want to hit on that because it, <laughs> it, it became not just this novel idea and then eventually you ended up building out a whole con ops for the airports. It was a way of doing business from the bottom up. And it was such a beautiful moment. And I was so proud of you. So I just want to say that. <laughs> data driven decisions. We have the Have-tack. data behind it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, but, 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 but I want to move forward and talk about Aniza's jump from Hiller for Space to Northrop to where she is right now. So lead us to where you are now. So Hill Air Force Base, driving innovation and collaborating, really shaking the cage. Um, I was very thankful for the people I got to work with. They were people who were just as just as passionate about innovation as I was, and they could see my vision. They could see uh, that we didn't have to do it one way, and if they had a better idea, then we were going to integrate it, and I was going to back it. So I had a great opportunity to change the way we did business, and I know that change shakes the cage and makes people uncomfortable, and that's probably why a lot of people thought I was a horrible person, because <laughs> they're like, I don't want to change. This lady's coming in and saying we're going to do things differently. She's going to automate my job, software engineer, and that wasn't it. It was just I wanted to make sure that people could do their job without being... I- I think people get really scared about automation because they think, oh my God, a robot's going to start doing my job now. But that's not the case. Like you realize if all of those repetitive and like the the parts of your job that you hate, the like the data entry, the repetitive portions, the things that you're like, oh my God, this is just not something I'd like to be doing. If all those portions were automated and you could dedicate your time to like innovating and thinking of better processes and also iterating on your processes, making it better for everyone, or even like putting more effort into that human experience of it. It opens doors of possibilities, but I think a lot of people were scared of that automating piece because they thought they're coming for their jobs. I'm they're coming for their jobs. But really we were just trying to build out efficiencies to ensure that you could do your jobs consistently. Um, and I think that led to a lot of people initially being really scared and then immediately after identifying, wow, this is the only entity we have that could really get things done quickly. We had a big ops team integrated with software developers and it just changed the world. So from there, I went over to Northrop Grumman and worked with agile innovation and collaboration, trying to uh, drive agile tools and a lot of the things I was doing were developed in the DOD. So I called my buddy, Rob Slaughter. Ew. And, <laughs> and I'm like, hey, can you get me into Platform One? He was like, sure. And he like puts me in Platform One. And then all of a sudden, we're like developing like out of strategy with the customer, the DOD. And then I go to a meeting and they look at me and they go, how much is your tool? I want your tool. And I'm just looking at them like, this is your Air Force built tool. I'm this is literally something the government <laughs> built. This is not Northrop. This is 
This is Northrop offering an Air Force tool to the Air Force that Anisa tried to offer the Air Force when she was in the Air Force, and they were like, I don't trust you. <laughs> but now, because it's coming from an outside entity, I don't, it, has, it has more backing. I know. It didn't make sense. When I saw it happen and when I went to the, like, the launch party, I brought all the Star Wars-themed cookies. We were very excited. It was on May, May, the, 4th. May the 4th Be With You. And I was like, you guys, this is literally, they're like, where do we get this product? This is your product. This is the Air Force. Air Force built this. And it just emphasized on our silence. So that led to where I am with Cuddles Campus. And that was where I could drive innovation from the outside in. Once I realized that at Northrop, it was unleashing the potential of any barrier I ran into in DOD, any infrastructure uh any benefits, anything, I could attack it from the outside in, get state funding to help me launch these programs, and then give back to the DOD. It just, it changed the game for me. And so now I'm the executive director at Catalyst Campus, working with some of the most innovative people in the DOD, which makes my heart so happy to see so much advancing forward so quickly, and to be a part of it where I can make a difference. I want to tell a story about how I was going out to my car and I stopped and I saw that the guy was hanging up the Catalyst Campus decals in the windows on Anisa's building in downtown Ogden. And then I said, I wanna hold on a second because she's gonna walk out any minute and I wanna see her reaction. I filmed it. It was the most glorious thing to see my best friend, her dreams coming true. I'm gonna start crying, it was so <laughs> cute. She came out, she jumped up and down, she did a little dance. She didn't even know I was filming. She didn't even know I was there because I was sitting there in my car like a creeper. But <laughs> I had to get I had to get the moment on camera because I was like, she has been wanting this for so long, and she's been wanting to put together something like this for since we were at Hill. That finally, years later, it's coming to fruition, and it was very exciting. But anyways, oh, so where I go from <laughs> where I go from that, I watched my friend leave for Northrop little bummed but I still have this like tenacity like I I'm gonna climb the ladder I'm gonna continue to climb the ladder and I'm gonna finally finally get to the top not for rank or name recognition or any of that stuff I wanted to fix the things that were pissing me off every single day and so I continue to climb and I think when I finally get to the top people are going to listen to me and they're gonna recognize and I don't know it, I, I <laughs> Looking back, it sounds delusional a little bit, but at the time, I was pretty set. So, anyways, I kind of was mad because I, I kept being told, like, you need to do your time, and you need to do your time so people listen to you, and you need to do your time. And finally, it dawned on me, I don't want to do my time to innovate. I want to innovate right now. I'm literally trying to make processes better for people, but you're telling me I have to put my time in and shut up in color and stay in my lane and I'm not supposed to be talking to that person or I'm not supposed to be talking to this person. I, it, it, it was frustrating to me because I, 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 I continued to rip through the red tape and the bureaucracy of the government. I was getting tired though. And I was like, I want to innovate right now. I don't, I know there is no reason why I shouldn't be empowered to do so. And it was frustrating to me. So then, you know, I look at other options and 
Here comes our buddy, Bald Slaughter, the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> <laughs> offering me, offering me the opportunity to come to Defense Unicorns to build the process and build it right and do it the way I wanted to do it. Do it the way that I was trying to do it in the Air Force without all the BS. And I was skeptical, obviously. I mean, a startup called Defense Unicorns, a little bit sketchy at first <laughs> before I knew better. <laughs> but um, I, I had just, um, I trusted what I saw Rob build in the Air Force. And I trusted Anisa leaving and watching her build better processes from the outside and I just like I don't know it was very very it was very very stressful move for me because going from a stable government job to a startup but it was the best thing that I could have ever done in my life and I am still so grateful to Rob and the team here at Defense Unicorns for giving me the chance and kind of letting me come in here and run with it because it has been so incredible and I don't even know what to say now like I just feel like now we have people reaching out to us on like LinkedIn or in person or all these things saying like wow your recruiting process your interviewing process the culture the employee happiness the way you guys do business is so just above and beyond that we want to try to replicate that where we're at or like how do we get to that point or how do we create that culture and it's just so it just feels so good it makes my heart so happy to be a part of something like that and and, and to continue to follow that passion of doing good for the department of defense and doing good for the government as a whole from the outside and doing a better job from the outside that's just how I feel about it. Yeah. And I think it opened the door for moving barriers for women. I worked with our women program manager at Taylor Air Force Base and seeing all of the barriers that were put up for women to be successful. And it, I don't think the wage gap had anything to do with man versus woman. It has to do with man versus moms. And the mom's ability to watch their kid, especially during COVID, how many women end up leaving their job to take care of their children. To remove those barriers and enable women to really step into their own um, through programs that I just, like one of the programs I just launched was the Rosie Network, to be able to allow or enable women to go, I apologize, <laughs> to enable women, <laughs> to enable women to do IT, IT certs with daycare and starting their clearance and doing an internship at Hill Air Force Base all within the same time, six months, and then being able to go directly into a full-time position with Hill Air Force Base. So when their military, their spouse ends up PCSing, their active duty spouse, they have the option to move forward anywhere they go with a very valuable skill that will enable them to build a career wherever they go. And I just, working at Hill, seeing all of what, the military spouses moving with their husband and having to choose either to stay home or to have a career that it just it didn't seem fair and it shouldn't be fair it should be fair to remove those barriers and enable women 
to do what they want, to get into the careers they want, and to help them, um, not just set up their lives. Speaking for both of us, Anisa and I have both been through things as we tried to pursue our careers, but also had babies and became mothers. And I, I, I definitely want to dig deeper into that in another episode of the podcast, hoping that we do another one. We will, we will. But um, we've experienced this firsthand. And I think almost every single woman can also share an experience where they kind of experienced this barrier, whether it been like, even just in the interview process saying like, oh, she's got three kids. Are we sure she's going to have time to put in the effort to this job? Or like, oh, she's 22. She Is she going to have kids soon? Is that going to take her out of workplace where we're going to need to fill her soon? And, I mean, you don't ask that question about men, do you? Uh, you don't. And I think that's, like, something we've been seeing continuously. And, I mean, everybody, every woman who's a mom or a leader, they will see some amount of inability to progress their career because of something so minute, something so irrelevant to the level of work they do. And (laughs) to be able to remove those and to emphasize on the ability, like, I mean, I'm a mom, I have two kids. I've never looked at anything throughout my career and been like, wow, that was way too hard. Yes, it was hard. Yes, it was worth it. Always. And that's just it goes back to integrity. It has nothing to do with whether or not I'm a mom. And I feel like moms and leaders are synonymous. We could multitask really well. Wrapping up, what do we want to say as we wrap up? Um, we didn't plan this far ahead. Um, I hope that you, I hope that this podcast lends some information, whether you're a mother or female or male, I hope that this podcast helps you do business better. I hope it sets the standard for what companies should be doing, the types of benefits we should be offering women. I hope that you listen to this and get some insight. I hope that we bring some awesome people into this that, you know, you want to learn from. And I hope it sets the standard different than what it's been previously. With bringing in innovators, mothers, women, leaders, uh, allies of women, Men who want these women to succeed. And men men who have daughters, too, that see how it is right now and want to make it better before they get to that point. Absolutely. I want to make sure that we bring all of those to the table so we can build a different way of doing things going forward and really shake the case on how women move up into leadership positions, women leaders with tech. I really want to help kind of drive that conversation to make change. And that's it. Thanks for tuning in. Next time. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye.